Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Please stand for today's reading of the scripture from Jeremiah and Luke. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. They will be like trees planted by the water that sends out its shoots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. From Luke. Chapter 6, 37 through 42. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it shall be measured to you. He also told them in this parable, Can the blind lead the blind? Will they both not fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself have failed to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. I encourage you to have your bulletins handy. Uh, in there, you will always find your, your scripture passages for the week, as well as reflection questions, and also those wonderful places where you can jot down notes. And I encourage you to do that. There may be some things that the Spirit speaks to you today that you want to make sure that you remember. Uh, and I might, I think I'm going to give you a list halfway through that you might want to jot down too. Uh, so have, have that handy. But uh, I'm going to ask that you would pray with me. 
Gracious and almighty God, we come striving to hear your word. And so God, as we hear scripture, uh, we want to apply it to our lives. And, and what does that mean? And so, God, I ask that, uh, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but they would be your words for your people, your message for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? Monty Python would say, I, I can't really do a British accent, but it's, it's nothing very special. Uh, try to be nicer to people, avoid eating fat, Read a good book every now and then, get some walking in, and try to live together in peace and harmony with people of all creeds and nations, out of his meaning of life. There was a show on TV called A Person of Interest, uh, and in that show we find this for the meaning of life. Everyone dies alone, but if you mean, someone, if you mean something to someone, if you help someone or love someone, if even a single person remembers you, then maybe you never really die at all. And of course, from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the meaning of life is 42. Yes. All right. Some of you know. <laughs> but today I want to go a little bit further deeper than that, uh, than just the meaning of life. I want to know what it means to flourish in life. Uh, and so I, I've, I've mentioned this before that you can text me questions that I will try to get to. And, and so I did get a question about what does it mean to have a flourishing life? Perfect. That is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so, uh, so let's kind of dive in here. Uh, what does it mean to flourish in life? Maybe the better question would be, what does it mean for you to flourish in life? Because that may be different than others. I'm going to ask you to do a little dreaming today with me. So, so I hope you have something to write with, or at least a good memory. What I would like you to do is, during this message, to listen to where God is guiding you. I want you to truly think about what it means for you, for you as yourself, to live a flourishing life. I mean, we're in the middle of this series of redeeming the routines, focusing on our lives as individuals, but also how that affects all of those around us, the life of the church and the life in our communities. We already talked about the theology of work, retirement, and leisure. We acknowledge God's guidance with all of these aspects of life. That's, that this is something that God desires for us. He desires this theology of work, retirement, and leisure. Remember, though, our focus passage throughout this series has been John 10.10, 10, where we hear Jesus telling us that he came to give us life, but not just ordinary life, abundant life. God's design is not for surviving, but for thriving. It is the abundant life. And now next week, we're going to talk about our schedules and our routines. That's not a warning to say don't come if you're worried about your schedule and your routine. In fact, if it's a warning to you that says maybe I shouldn't show up that week, next week is really meant just for you. So make sure you come. <laughs> but this is where we'll be discussing how we can redeem all of our routines in our calling from God. But before we get there, we need to spend some time envisioning what this flourishing could be. I mean, you may be in a place this morning where you're wondering how you could ever flourish in your life. Some of you may actually already be there. 
Already be in that place where you think you are flourishing. And that's great. But maybe, maybe there's a little more. We'll spend a good time, amount of time talking about this one word. So maybe we should find out what the definition of flourish really is. According to the dictionary, the dictionary, flourish means to grow in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as a result of a particularly favorable environment. To grow in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as a result of a particularly favorable, uh, particularly favorable environment. The de- definition is not specific to humans. It really isn't. I mean, this flourishing can happen within animals and plants and anything else in creation. Notice, though, that flourishing happens in growth. It's not just stagnant or living within the status quo. In order to flourish, we need to be growing. We need to be changing. That's part of our vision here at Journey of Hope is changing. In order to flourish, so we have to be stretching our experiences. And in many times, this is not slow. It did say growth in a vigorous way. Well, The second part of that definition talks about that particularly favorable environment. In a way, we can say that our flourishing is not just dependent on us alone. This kind of, uh, kind of life is a result of things that we do, certainly, but, but it also is dependent on the environment that we put ourselves into. What environments are we putting ourselves into? It's hard to flourish in abusive relationships. It's hard to flourish in a life of addiction. It's hard to flourish in the midst of oppression. We need to be planted in the right place. If we are to look for the ultimate flourishing environment, I think we don't, don't need to look any further than, than the creation story. I mean, before Adam and Eve ate that fir- fruit from the forbidden tree, they were living in the garden. They didn't have a single need or desire that, that wasn't provided for them. It was perfect. All was good. They were flourishing in a beautiful place which they called home. We heard this morning a familiar psalm. The psalmist wrote about being led by the still waters, napping in green pastures. Remember, Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus, right? But it is in images like this that we see flourishing. When the writer remembers the peaceful times and the environment that they were in, they receive the encouragement to face anything anything in their life, even walking through the darkest valley, that valley of the shadow of death. Our environment matters. We should be aware of our surroundings and look to create spaces where we can flourish in our life. Think about your 15 minutes for a moment. At 15 minutes that you spend alone with God, where do you spend that time? Is it a place of peace and tranquility? Is it driving up and down Randall Road? (laughs) Far from peace and tranquility? Maybe a favorite chair or a a space in your home that you feel completely safe in. 
During the summer, I would spend some of my time on the front porch in the morning, maybe the back patio in the afternoon. These are places where I could feel that I, that I was connecting with God. Certainly while paddling is another place, as long as I'm not falling out of the boat. <laughs> we all need spaces where we can be nurtured and fed by God's Spirit. We need to create those spaces or at least find them in our lives. So it's also important when it comes to our relationship with each other, with others in our life. One of the, one of the benefits of having Stephanie and Kyle with us uh, for about three and a half months was, uh, was a routine that on most Tuesdays, or Mondays, Tuesdays, and Fridays... See, I would grab a cup of coffee and I would go out on the front porch and, and a short while later, Kyle would come out with a cup of coffee and we would just sit and talk. There was conversations about what was going on that day, kind of like what was on our dockets for the day and how things were going in life. Now, of course, now that they've bought a place in Pingree Grove, those mornings will no longer happen. However, I can see how this was an opportunity to flourish in life, especially when it came to my relationship with Kyle. Maybe there needs to be a way that we can create those spaces in our lives too, in your life. How can you flourish in your personal relationships? What spaces do you need to create? Maybe these are things to write down. Paul wrote in Philippians 4, uh, 11 through 13, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In, in, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul is content at all times. No matter if he was hungry or if he had far too much food, if he lived in scarcity or didn't have a physical need at all, he learned how to be content in all of those situations. I dare say that he learned how to flourish in all circumstances because of what Jesus did for him, what Jesus did for us. He said, I can do all things. I wonder... If we could exchange those words with flourish, I can flourish in all times through Christ who strengthens me. What does it mean to flourish in all things? And what are those things? Good thing that you ask, because I have a list for you. <laughs> I'm going to have uh, Sherry go ahead and put that list up on the screen. Uh, it, Back at home, you'll, you'll see it right across the bottom. Uh, there, are, there are seven domains in our life where we can flourish. And these are the seven domains. Spiritual, basic needs, social, vocation, which is work and retirement, if you remember we talked about, leisure, growth, and redeeming our routines. So what does it mean to flourish in all of those domains? And just in case you didn't get it, you're not going to get a chance to write all those down, don't worry. I will, I will get these to you somehow. 
this has been one of the areas of focus for my DMIN program. We, we've been studying on what it would look like if we could flourish across all the domains of life. I think it would be good for us to spend some time reflecting on these areas and what it could be for our lives, both as individuals and as a life of journey of hope. And so, as I said, I will post this on a few different places, maybe social media accounts as well as in the weekly update so that you will have the list, uh, unless, of course, you've already written all of them down. Well, our passage from Luke this morning talks about judging. And while that wasn't the reason that I chose this passage, I think there's some truth in the relationship, be, relationship of being non-judgmental and flourishing. And yes, it has got to be incredibly difficult to kind of figure out how can you be not judging as a judge. I, I don't know how you balance that, that line. It's really hard to flourish in life when all you do is spend time looking down on others. Society has names for people like that. Like it or not, it comes in responses like, okay, boomer, or go ahead, Karen. Sorry for all anybody thinks Karen's. However, I think the reason I pulled this scripture was when Jesus talked about how things would be given especially when it came to forgiveness. He said, give, and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now, some will say that this is all about forgiveness and that if you forgive others, you will be forgiven. Some will say this is about our ministry, uh, giving to the ministry of God. If you tithe, God will bless it and give it back to you. I've heard this passage used actually both ways. However, I wonder if we thought about it a different way, a third way. If you give your 15 minutes or longer to spend alone with God in your spiritual disciplines, working on that relationship, good measure will come back to you. Your relationship with God will grow and you will flourish in that space. Your spiritual life will flourish. This is God's desire. It is to be in a relationship with you. When we have this, as you remember, this vertical relationship with God, when this is thriving, we flourish in the spiritual domain of our lives. Basic needs really talks about some of the fundamentals of living. This talks about necessities that we truly need in order to live. It speaks of physical health and wellness, financial stability, and things like food, water, and shelter. Now remember that Paul said that he was able to find contentment in all things, all circumstances, because of his foundational relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't need the best of everything, just the necessities. I remember shoe shopping when I was younger, and uh, for my mom, who's probably watching right now, uh, she always told me that she loved shoe shopping with me because I didn't seem to care about the name brands, at least for a while. We would just go to Payless and pick out a pair of shoes. I was perfectly happy with whatever I had, as long as it fit my foot. Dan Gardner, I remember, shared some advice with us during the generational series. He said to, that he learned to live within his means, and thought that that would be wonderful advice for everyone to to just live within your means. 
Good advice, especially for many like me who who didn't live that way for most of my life. Something that may seem a little bit out of our control at this time, maybe maybe health and well-being, especially with the pandemic. But I've learned that it doesn't mean that that we need to be in tip-top shape, ready to run a marathon. And I'm certainly glad about that because I don't even know that I'd make it 100 yards, let alone a marathon. But it really speaks to continuing to move, to be active and exercise when you can. There there is a lot of learning about exercise and the amount needed to improve bodily health. And it really is like these short times of movement, but very regular, almost daily. How could you improve the flourishing in this area of your life? Flourishing in our social lives focuses on our earthly relationships. These are relationships with family and friends, co-workers, and and all of us here, our church family. As we probably know, these friendships don't appear overnight, and they are, at times, a lot of work. We need to be intentional about working on these relationships, meeting up for dinner, a day on the golf course, a conversation around a fire, or maybe working on some crafts. These conversations that happen during these times are life-giving and desperately needed in our lives. Do you have relationships that help you flourish in, flourish in this area? Those relationships, as you talk about, the relationship with God is that vertical relationship. The relationship with everybody else is this horizontal relationship. Do you have those relationships in your life? And what can you do to increase those friendships? Well, two weeks ago, we talked about the theology of work, how God ordained this for us, and how, uh, and as well as how it can be life-giving and not life-draining. I think we need to continually think about how we can flourish in both our work and our retirement. Have you thought about it yet? <laughs> Have you thought about what it meant to flourish in retirement and in your vocation? And likewise, we talked last week about leisure. I wonder if that was something new for you, to hear that God was calling you to a life of leisure, to make sure that you fit that into your life. I wonder if this challenged you as much as it did me. Are you flourishing in your leisure? Have you found something new or maybe started up an old activity of relaxation in your life? The domain of growth really encompasses all of the other domains. Because in order to flourish in life across all domains, we need to be growing in all of those others, your spiritual, your, your vocation, your work, or your work, your leisure, all of those areas you need to be growing. I mean, remember the definition of flourishing? It is to grow in a healthy or a vigorous way. We can't just stay with the status quo. We need to be growing in all areas of our life. Are you growing in some or maybe all of those areas of your life? And how can you be growing more? The last domain is redeeming our routines. And I'm actually going to save that for next week. Uh, Next week as we wrap up this series, we'll talk about redeeming our routines and, and what that actually looks like. Flourishing in life, we have to understand, is something that we are designed for. This is God's plan for us. 
It was first offered to Adam and Eve as they lived in abundant life in the garden. And God promised to the Israelites this flourishing land which flowed with milk and honey. And Jesus came to offer us abundant life, flourishing life. God doesn't want you floundering around without direction or without purpose. He doesn't want you just making it through the day. God's desire is for an abundant, flourishing life. And so what do you need to do today to participate in that kind of life? What do you need to do to participate in a flourishing life? Pick one of the domains. Just try one. Where do you need to grow vigorously in any of those domains? Because God wants so much more for all of us. God wants us to flourish. God wants us to thrive. He wants us to live that abundant life. That's what Jesus came to offer us. Are you living in that abundant life? Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, We want to live in this abundant life. We want to live a life of of flourishing. The life that you have called us to. But God, we need need help. Because God, we, we seem to run into all the teachings of the world around us. Which are contrary to what you teach us. And so God, help us to hear your message your message of abundant life. That we may drink from that, from that life-giving well and be refreshed so that we may grow and flourish in our lives. God, keep speaking to us, offering those words of hope, grace, and love. God, we ask this all in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we get ready to go forth from this place, there's so much that is, that is hopefully just floating around in your head trying to uh, understand where God is calling us to flourish in all those domains of life. And, and I hope that, that you have some of, that, some of those glimpses of where God is leading you uh, in those moments. Uh, especially as we, as we sang that last song, that touch that Jesus had on our lives when he touches us and gives us that abundant life. And maybe just as we share this, we share this a cappella. He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me and made me whole. Made you whole, and that is a flourishing life that God offers. That is a wonderful thing. Here is the benediction this morning that that we would go forth in this flourishing life, knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always.